That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens and this is The Cities Podcast. Getting out of prison and staying out. The White House announced new plans to improve the chances that a person convicted of a crime doesn't return to the jail or prison cells that held them once before. It is easier said than done, of course, especially when, get this, as many as four out of five convicts find themselves back in trouble within 10 years. It has a heavy cost on society, though, and a group called Safer Foundation is trying to make a difference in the cities and is marking 50 years of doing so across Illinois. We talked with the director of Safer Foundation in the Quad Cities, Erica Lee. Erica, I mean, you've heard what the White House has to offer, kind of a, a way of getting these people who have been incarcerated back into society and stop recidivism. This is what you've been doing for a long time. Yeah, we're really excited and eager to hear that the White House is backing an initiative to help fund, you know, reentry housing and jobs. It's so needed in our community and across the United States. Well, let's talk about that. It's so needed. But I mean, there's millions of dollars that's poured in as far as the prison system is. There's educational opportunities there. So so why is it not necessarily working? I wouldn't necessarily say that it's not working. I think that... Um, there are more and more programs happening with inside the correctional facilities, but not every correctional facility has the same opportunities, even within the state of Illinois and the state of Iowa. It kind of depends on what correctional facility you're located in. Um, but I think there is something to say about the reentry piece of this. So as people get out and, you know, where are they coming back to? What type of support do they have to keep that good work that might have happened in the correctional institution flowing in the community? Because let's be honest, when you are in a correctional facility, it's very regimented. Um, and, and when you get back out into society, you might find yourself with the wrong elements again, so to speak. Yeah, that's very true. When you're inside a correctional facility, they're telling you what to do. You have very little control of your day to day. Right. And so once you get into the, the community and you're back out, you know, you have to have the right supports in place. And not everyone has the family um, or positive caring adults in their lives that can kind of help. Um, mold them and navigate them. And so it's so important and so crucial to have agencies like Safer Foundation to be there to walk alongside of you, you know, all, all, all along the way. Um, there's lots of barriers that people face when they get out of, um, of correctional institutions. And we want to just make sure that we're here to help them, you know, with education, jobs, housing, really anything that they need, you know, we're here to, to walk alongside them. One of your spokesmen, Jack Falsher, is, is a person who has been in the system, I mean, since mm -hmm. a teenager in a way. And he was pointing out that, like so many different people, it, it, it's really up to you. He said you gotta, you gotta do the work. It's up to you to actually improve your lot in life. It's up to you to make good decisions. 
and, and how do you get that to occur? I mean, some of these people that have been in and out of the justice system have been making bad decisions for a very long time. Yeah, it's true. A lot of people that have found themselves into the criminal legal system didn't have the right supports growing up. You know, lots of trauma that they might have faced, adverse experiences um, as a child. And so, you know, they might not have learned the right way um, to make it successfully in um, community. And so what Jack said is true. You know, if you don't always get what you want, but you can get what you work for and getting connected with providers like Safer, where we're here to help you, you know, break down whatever barrier is in your way. We can't do the work for you, but we can be here with you. And, you know, I think that's a very important message for people to hear. It is kind of uh, depressing to see some of the statistics that are thrown out there by the Department of Justice as far as people who have committed crimes and commit crimes again. I'll just repeat this one. Uh, the DOJ Department of Justice uh, report released last year found that two-thirds, 66% of prisoners released from 24 states in 2008 were arrested again within three years. That's two-thirds, and 82% arrested within 10 years. That's a tough number. Yeah, I think those stats are staggering, you know, and, it, and it's hard to hear, but it's real. Um, you know, there isn't a lot of support agencies like SAFER out there. I think in the Quad Cities, we're the only one that really has an expertise in reentry. Um, and so if you don't have the right support coming out, um, I've heard so many kind of war stories of people who have got out of prison with a bus ticket and $20 and was like, hey, meet us at the probation office in a week, you know? And so if you don't have an ID, if you don't have a car, if you don't have housing, you know, it's just those types of barriers that really hold people back. And if you don't have the right support, you end up going back to what you know. And on, unfortunately, it's not the best choices sometimes. And the key really, I mean, as far as uh, you are concerned so often, the key is education and employment. Those are the two things that you see as key elements to keep people from reoccurring crimes and going back to prison. Yeah, definitely. Safer really has taken a stance on ensuring that our participants have employment, but not just transitional employment, but you know, have a pathway to a successful career. And uh, along the way, education is a large part of that. Um, there's a lot of people that come out of prison that still don't have their high school equivalency diploma or their GED. And so that's one of the first things that we try to tackle for folks. Um, it's definitely, those two things are critical pieces. Housing is another piece. And in the Quad Cities, housing is a large barrier um, that we, not only at SAFER, but other agencies across the Quad City area are trying to tackle. Well, when we're talking about employment, I mean, the White House initiative is calling for uh, greater employment opportunities, also greater employment opportunities within the federal government, perhaps in construction fields, as well as uh, more computer-based or digital uh, employment as well, trying to get people into the 21st century workplace. Is that easier said than done, or do you see that being possible day in and day out? Well, actually, um, SAFER has just launched our um, Department of Labor grant, iMatter, and um, we just started enrolling in February, and that grant is serving about 117 people um, in both Rock Island and Scott County with this exact same target. You know, we're trying to get people connected to employment, um, connected to 
training opportunities within our community colleges at Blackhawk or at Eastern Iowa Community College in those high growth, high demand sectors. You know, we're really trying to get them connected. Um, and with the way the job market is currently, I think that that's a really doable goal. We just have to have the right access and the right backing to get that to happen. Well, and as you said, you just started the program basically in February. It is under a three-year grant, I believe. So how are you going to measure the success of this? Yeah, we track data. Data is important um, really to see, you know, where the people that we're serving are coming from, but also, you know, what their needs are, what other barriers are they facing. And so, you know, we definitely maintain uh, information on all our folks that are coming in. So when that next grant comes, you know, like you said, this grant's a three-year grant that we can reapply, get another grant so we can continue that much needed service. We're talking about like the person who's been incarcerated and comes out. What about the opposite end of the spectrum, the employer? I mean, there's mm -hmm. a stigma, I would think, as far as employing somebody who has a criminal record. Yeah, what I would say to those employers are that people that have an arrest or conviction record are generally ones that know that they have to work the hardest, right? And they are willing and ready to show folks that they, you know, maybe made a bad decision, but are wanting to get back on the right track. And um, we have lots of employers, even in our area that say, you know, they're one of the hardest working uh, people that we have here and they look for us to send them more. So, you know, it, it might have a stigma to it, but give them a chance, give them an opportunity and you could really see the good work that our people can do. Well, and as you well know, there's so many employers that are looking for, I mean, just bodies, right? Now, I, I don't mean to yeah. diminish the skills of people, but there are there are places that are willing to train you if you don't have enough experience. Are you finding that because of the tight labor market right now that it is helping you find jobs for people who were incarcerated at one time? Yeah, definitely. I think that the pandemic has been a gift and a curse. And one of the gifts of the pandemic has been kind of this labor shortage because um, companies that historically had doors closed to our people you know, are in heavy need of people. And they've been a lot more willing to open their doors and give us a chance um, and, and prove to, to them that, you know, just having a rest or conviction record doesn't mean that you can't work and you're not willing to work. Um, so that was definitely a gift of the, the pandemic. When it comes to the Safer Foundation, I, I know that you train people, you try to get people into jobs or to educational uh, opportunities. How do you follow them through? I, I mean, do, do you keep up with, with these uh, formerly incarcerated people? Yeah, so as an agency standard, we follow people for 12 months after we've placed them in employment. So we do um, different retention checks, I would say. So at the 30, 90, 180 day, and then at the one year mark, we're checking in with them and the employer to see, hey, how are things going? Is there anything we can help support you with? Is there additional barriers that have come up we didn't think about that we can help um, break down for you, um, wrap you around supports? make sure that things are going well. So we talked to not only our participants, but also the employers to see, hey, how's it going? Is there something we can do to help? Um, is there a, a problem that we can help solve? Um, and I think that they really appreciate that too, knowing that they have somebody to call if, if something does come up. Throughout the year and every month, you have uh, kind of know your rights webinars that have been going on. I've seen some of the topics, including such things as you said, getting a driver's license, licensing, also family members that are incarcerated, how, how somebody who is uh, in prison or jail and the impact it has on the entire family. Plus, like you said, housing's a huge issue. How important are these webinars? I think they're so important and so critical, not only for different service providers or community members, but for people that have an arrest and conviction record, you know, for them to 
fully understand the resources and have some knowledge about, you know, what goes into these various things, like you mentioned, housing or how to get a, your record expunged, you know, what what rights do they have? And so, you know, giving them the tools and the resources that they need to be able to be their own advocate, I think is really important. Erica, the other thing that's important is you're celebrating an anniversary. This is a 50 years of Safer Foundation, Chicago-based, but with a, with a big footprint in the Quad Cities as well. And, and how important has the last 50 years, I mean, how, how do you know that you've made a difference? Yeah, like you said, we've been we're celebrating our 50th year anniversary, our headquarters in Chicago's. And so for 50 years, you know, we've been working with people about 5,000 each year um, in the last few years across Chicago and the Quad City sites here in the Quad Cities, about 600 people we impact each year. And you know, it's just so fulfilling when you do have people like Jack Vulture who can come out and say, hey, this is how you help me. This is how I'm moving forward and is, and is willing to be a voice, right? For other people to say, hey, if you need help, Safer's here for you. And also for the families, right? Right, definitely. Definitely for the families as well. Um, we oftentimes get a lot of our referrals from family members, from a girlfriend or from a boyfriend and saying, hey, I have this person, I think they could use your assistance, can you help them? And um, that's one of our one of our number one referrals actually is um, community members, family members that say, hey, I have this person, how can you help? And then we're here for them. And, and what does a person do? Do they just knock on your door, make a phone call? I mean, how does this, I, I'd assume there's some kind of an entry interview yeah, definitely. I mean, we get a lot of phone calls. We get a lot of people that just walk into our doors and say, hey, how can you help? You know, we don't really turn anyone away. Um, Safer actually has launched a Safer Return website. Um, and that is another uh, just entry point through the internet where if you um, go to our website, you can register for services, let us know what you're interested in, and then we can help assess what programs and what um, service offerings we have and the best way that we can serve you. Erica Lee, director of the Safer Foundation of the Quad Cities. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.